strangers and residents of Amber Beach, welcome to the Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, and with me is my favorite MB, Kennedy. Hi, everyone. And today, Kennedy's got a special guest for us. Yeah, uh, she's a very good friend of mine, but I don't know exactly how to introduce her. <laughs> You know what? I was like, you know what? If if people think pronouns are confusing, I'm going to make my whole fucking name confusing. <laughs> um, <laughs> call me D or Didi, and I'm very happy to be here. Uh, Kennedy and I met through another podcast I'm on called Worst Week Yet, which if you think I'm funny today, you'll probably like. And if you don't, you won't. Yeah. I think that's accurate. Because you're definitely the funnier one. So if you don't... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's not even a dig at Andy. He knows. He's like, somehow I became like the the straight man for the jokes. No pun intended. <laughs> on his own podcast. On his own comedy podcast. <laughs> Uh, Didi, the, what is your experience with the Power Rangers? The 90s uh, and the early 2000s. So general cultural exposure to the Power Rangers, some intentional exposure to the Power Rangers. Like, I would say familiar with general, like, Power Rangers kind of lore, I suppose. But definitely not, like, a Power Rangers expert. Got you. Do you remember, like, the last season of Power Rangers you saw before this? To be fair, I don't really remember anything, so. Except for, like, <laughs> really petty shit. So I must not have felt too badly about the, the last season of Power Rangers I watched because I, I don't remember when that was. You didn't leave it in, like, a bitter, ah, fuck this show kind of way. Didn't leave that in. Oh, I didn't, like, mail it an envelope full of glitter or anything. Yeah, I feel that. I often obsess over my mistakes of the past, too. The <laughs> <laughs> this time around, uh, we do have a best and worst this season. Uh, so previous to this, uh, Didi, uh, we saw a season called Dino Charge, which had it was just basically season one of Power Rangers Dino Charge, and this is season two. And that's how they did the uh, Power Rangers shows when Saban bought it out from Disney less than what disney paid him for so he came out with a with an insane amount of profit on all of this uh so then he was like getting a little bit experimental with how power rangers worked a bit so you get the same cast now for two seasons where traditionally after mmpr and that whole stick you only got a cast per season and that was it and then the next season was a completely different cast with maybe like a returning character here and there <laughs> Sometimes that was a little jarring, but it could also be good. And I, I, I want to point that out because I think this is a case where, like, maybe that second season didn't really add so much in some ways. But it's still good, and there's still some, some shining gems that we're going to look at. It's just not quite as remarkably good in some ways or, like, I don't know. Yeah, we I mean... A, we have a distinct worst episode, something we couldn't pick from the first season. 
Yeah, and it's like, holy shit, was it bad? And I was, I was in those DMs to Kennedy, just like all caps. It was caps lock mode time, and I was just going off, going praying, ho- just like huffing that hopium right now that this is actually a filler episode, and it wasn't. And it was so it was fucking bad. bad. It was some of the worst, like. I didn't even know that you can make television that bad anymore. I thought that there was like certain standards that would be made, you know, know, that that, would prevent that that from airing. Because like that was like 2016. This was 2016 election season. You know what I'm saying? Like this is crazy. This was not that long ago. And they were making television that bad and and spitting it out onto the television screen. Yeah. So much television. That's so bad. Like any hope that you have for um for television was misplaced. It was painful. Like every minute every minute was agonizing. I haven't seen like it's been a while, Kennedy. It's been a hot minute since I've seen an episode that was that bad. What, maybe since like fuck Wild Force? It felt kind of like a Wild Force episode. Yeah. Like how Wild Force would just suddenly You'd be like, oh, you'd be like watching some Wild Forest. You'd be like, some of these episodes aren't so bad, I guess. And then they drop one on you that's like the CIA overthrowing a democratically elected leader. And for some reason, this is in the Power Rangers. (laughs) 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 Or that it's okay to pollute because humans make mistakes. That was that was a fun lesson that to be learned. That was incredible, incredible. <laughs> Literally, the Power season that 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 films entirely after nine eleven is the one where they're just like, we're going full on right wing. Let's go, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yeah, this had, this had those vibes, which is crazy. Do we want to start with the worst episode, or do we want to come to it? Do we want to be chronological and come to it last? We might Agon- want to be chronological. Just because of the whole villain thing. <laughs> I'm glad you, you shared uh, our same uh, feelings towards it. Because I was a little bit worried. You were very positive in the beginning of this uh, recording. So I was like, I really no, hope I you didn't enjoy that. Got you, got you. I would have told you I was enjoying anything just then. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, Dee Dee is just being nice, you know. <laughs> in watching the, like, getting ready to watch those episodes, I was like, well, do I watch the worst one first? Do I watch the one that sounds more interesting to me? Do I watch them in chronological order? Like, I really obsessed about it, and I watched them in chronological order. And, and I have to say, like, the, the worst one... Maybe we get that out of the way now. Maybe let's talk about what was shitty. Yeah, I mean, the only reason why you would go uh, chronological order is because of the villain. That that one is a late stage villain that got uh, murdered in in the season. So like that's why I would think, ah, oh, well, let's do it chronological. But honestly, it is so fucking terrible that like I feel like yeah. it's like a creeping we to, yeah we have to start it's like a creeping dread of like okay we're talking about this good one but you know in like 30 minutes from now we're gonna have to talk about the bad one it's like when somebody tells you like uh 
hey, maybe we should have a serious conversation, but do you want to go out to dinner first or do you want to talk now? And it's like, we, we should talk now, right? Like, we should do that now. Yeah. yeah, don't ever, <laughs> like, like if you have a relationship problem, just try and address it as soon as possible. <laughs> don't be yeah. like, let's pick the perfect moment to discuss this. No, the it's like a Band-Aid. You just got to rip it off. You're waiting for the, like, we'll just be waiting for the other shoe to drop the entire time. You'll We'll, we'll look at the whole rest of the podcast, like a glass of third grade art class, paintbrush water because we'll, <laughs> we'll know a very bad episode is lurking waiting to be discussed yeah so <laughs> let, let's just get started the episode that we're talking about here is episode i believe it's 18 17. called war world 17 okay 17. for some reason it kept getting it mixed um well, okay so all of these seasons have conflicting episode numbers this is something we've not addressed much on the show but we have to we talk about behind the scenes all the time all of these seasons since like the late disney area have disney era have conflicting episode numbers because and time is a flat circle and the episode numbers don't matter yeah basically <laughs> Like, the holiday episodes either are in the middle or at the end, depending on who you ask or, like, which, like, DVDs you have or shit like that. And so people... If you buy it on Amazon, they just... It's, like, one long thing. Probably, yeah. But it is. <laughs> yes, that's... Split it into episodes. It's just, like, a continuous playthrough. <laughs> It's also kind of like why our filler guide isn't episode one through six is filler. Episode five through eight is canon, right? And in this case, like, you really can't avoid it. Uh, it is canon. No matter what our critiques are, it's not like it's a skippable episode just because they made one side of the story so plot relevant. Just because it doesn't make any sense at all <laughs> doesn't mean we can skip it. Yeah, it's so jarringly bad. I can already <laughs> anticipate what, what you're going to say in terms of plot recap and just remembering how angry I got. I don't know what I'm going to I don't think say. you realize, like, this, this episode, so I, confusing. like, I just want to say this before we get started. Like, I was having, like, kind of, like, not a good day that day that I watched this episode. <laughs> and, like, I'm not letting that color my review of it because it is that bad. But, like... Honestly, up to this point in the season, I was like, you know what? At least we're down for like a decent to good sort of Power Rangers episode, right? Um, and then, you know, I got that. We were all hoping for that. And then I got hit with this episode like a fucking freight train. It was yeah, just... like lately, lately uh, watching like Dino Charge and Dino Supercharge has been like, oh, if I've had a stressful day, maybe I'll do that. You know, because it takes the edge off. It's just some light, enjoyable television. Not this. No, not at all. I mean, it's kind of almost funny because it's so bad at times. But, like, that's it. That's the only pleasure you're getting, period. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just it just frustrated me to it no is. end because I was having a shitty day and then it just got even shittier. <laughs> like I didn't think Power Rangers would do that to me. Concerned about that. Let's talk about that after the episode. <laughs> so... <sighs> <laughs>
there's no way the wiki can can like make this better of a plot recap. There's no way. I'm just trying to even. I was so high and angry while I watched this. <laughs> Same. Um, it was. It, uh, like you know how time gets all stretchy. High and angry. So uh, maybe There's maybe like a, I. Okay. What you got something? <laughs> it just didn't. Like it was bad. But I don't think I was expecting it to be good. And maybe it's because I went into it with Kennedy having told me ahead of time that that was the worst episode. Like, that was predetermined. So I already knew that not only was that going to be the worst episode that I watched of the three, but that the worst episode of the season. This is going to be bad. So, like, my bar was low. Maybe that's why it didn't, like, didn't capsize my entire day to the same extent. I guess when you have the built-in expectation going into it, right, of course it's going to be kind of better because, you, you know, you know it's coming, right? So it's just like, but all right. The blow was definitely softened for me, too, because you watched it first. Yeah. And you were, like, just messaging me, like, prepare yourself. You're going to want it. And everything when you see yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, uh, there's some, like, confusing-ass villain shit going on where, like, Snide owes Poissandra a favor. Uh, Try helping him escape the the jail cell. Yeah, okay, that's right. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, she wants so, to know about uh, the. She wants to know about the secret that Heckle was supposed to reveal to her, um, in exchange for her help. So Snide whispers something into her ears, which leaves her extremely happy. Happy, and you know, if you've watched Dino Charge and uh, a, a bit of Dino Supercharge at this point, you know that Poissandra is madly in love with Sledge and wants to get married to him for some reason. It's not really, like... I think it's still a physical attraction thing, which is honestly very weird when you think about it. It's very strange. It doesn't make any sense, really. Um, yeah, because she, like, canonically does not, like, know him, know him. Because she... It takes a while for it to click in her head that, like, his failed plots probably means he's an incompetent person. He's lying to her. And he's all just like, yeah, how do you not know that by now? I love that even, like, Poisandra and Sledge had to be a, like, mooning over a failure to launch guy. Like, why? Why? <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have hope for anything. You know, Poisandra... I'm sure, as you saw from the other episodes, Poissandra is actually one of the better characters here. Just to be clear, the villain plot most of the way through the episode is actually, like, what keeps you going because it's the only thing that's relevant to the overall plot of the season, which is very unfortunate because the Rangers decide this shit the bed. The Rangers decide to shit the bed this time. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so... So there's this villain of the week, um, our canon, and he's like a music villain, kind of. 
that that guy's also revealed. We'll get more into him, I guess. So at the museum, they have this exhibit of a robotic caveman named Morg. First of all... This looks like an I think you should leave sketch. Yes. It literally looks like that sketch where he puts on too many prosthetics and then he has like a meltdown. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> that's the skit what it is funnier. Like. Us us recapping the skit is funnier than the skit itself. Yeah, sounds a lot I, like me trying to do my makeup. It's unreal how <laughs> awful this this robot looks. So bad. It is like, like the worst. Like it's like a Cronenberg concoction of some sort. <laughs> it's frightening. It's truly. It's. It might be scarier than the trailer for his new film. Honestly. It, it is legitimately... It, yo, if you this saw is this crime thing... This the future, for real. Imagine you're in the fucking dinosaur museum and this robot's out there and, like, the lights shut off. You're fucking booking it. <laughs> you are not going to be in the same room as that animatronic. It's not happening. Yeah, it's... It's terrifying. Ugly and poorly done. Yeah. yeah, everything about it is bad. Like it's it's not just like uncanny valley terrifying. It's also really really badly done. Really really badly done. It's like it one just of the worst feels like ever. Yeah, Even if it's... it had been well done, it still would have been like nightmare. There's no other prop that looks like this. Have you ever seen a different... Like, what set did they grab this from? Like, this had to have been an original concoction, and the directors of the show were just like, what if we just took a shit all over the viewer's face uh, this week? They model the skin texture after Elon Musk. Oh, it's so terrifying. We could go on all night because really it's that bad. Um, Nobody likes him except Coda, and it's extremely problematic that Coda likes him. It's so problematic. Problematic. Okay. I really hoped we were going to talk about that because it was was cringe. It was cringe. That's what I'm saying. I was was huffing (laughs) that fucking copium. To, to like mi- try and be like, please don't be a canon episode. If the, ne- if the next episode went previously on Power Rangers, blah, 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 I would have been like, uh, cool, I can axe this one out. But they don't fucking do that this season. They don't do that in any of the Neo Saban seasons. It's fucked up. We have to endure this. Sorry, viewers. Sorry, Power Rangers fans. You're going to have to watch this if you want to understand what happens to a major villain. Yeah. Maybe they were like, we have material for an episode that fucking blows, but we don't have time to think of anything else. But, like, let's put a bunch of important stuff in there so the episode doesn't tank completely. Or it feels kind of like they were just, like, mashing... uh, Mashing up, like, the bottom of the barrel ideas... At the end of the season, just like, what episode ideas do we have left? We need one more episode this season. What, what 
What fucking boardroom are you in where one of the ideas is creepy animatronic is actually comedic superstar? That is not, this is not the first occurrence of that. <laughs> so no one likes Warg at all. Um, just Coda. That's it. Uh, and Warg is legitimately a danger to public health and safety. Danger to that person's wig. Was it a wig or a hat? Why can't I remember? Uh, it was a hat. It was a fancy hat. Yeah, so like this warg straight up endangers everybody by like physically harming them. Like we're not just saying that because of how terrifying uh, his appearance is. We're saying that because he's like throwing spears at people while doing exhibits, throwing tomatoes at people. All this other stuff. Um, and Kendall keeps trying to get them to put it out of commission, but Coda is just like, he's like family. And it's so fucking terrible. It's so terrible to watch. <sighs> also, I it's kind of like weird to always show people episodes, individual episodes of this season, just because it's just like, yeah, Coda's a caveman. That's why he talks like that. Etc. So I'm sure, like, isolated, it's, like, even worse. It's... Yeah. It wasn't great. It, it, it's not great either way. I doubt about it. I feel the same, but that's because, like, I feel good about it. Like, you can't... It, you feel bad about it already. So Kendall's like, maybe we should get rid of the warg exhibit because it's killed seven people since it was put in. And uh, Coda's like, wait, what if we put Warg to work in the cafe? Um, this immediately endangers more people. Uh, this is the plot of this episode, apparently. Uh, Warg gets, like, freaked out because someone says, like, uh, attack. And then he throws tomatoes at everyone. I mean, Warg might be the most relatable character at times in this episode because I would also just be panicking and freaking out if I was stuck in this particular episode of the Power Rangers. I just... It, feel, it feels like the writers kind of like wrote themselves in a loop here. Like, they, they didn't know where to go. And they were like, okay, we, we gotta go somewhere with this. We gotta They're do like, something. Let's throw tomatoes and then cut to something else entirely. We gotta, like, fill in five minutes of television here. Just put in some B-roll. Yeah. So then, um... It's B-roll. For some reason, <clears throat> it's, you're gonna... Listener, you might think, is Kennedy... Did Kennedy switch which episode they're recapping? No, I did not. Uh, for some reason... This, this is what I meant! They were like, let's just throw tomatoes and then change plots completely. Like that, that was their, they were like, we did write ourselves into the corner. We're just going to toss, we're just going to toss a nightshade and go. Yeah. Is the plot that Warg is fucking shit up? No, the plot is something else. Um, so the, <laughs> the plot is these, these musician monsters show up uh, and turn people into zombies. I guess for some yeah. reason. You know so what's funny? Confused when that started happening. 
this is the wrong season for this. Why couldn't they do this in the uh, Mystic Force season? This feels like something that would make more sense in something like Mystic Force, maybe. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense here. It's very yeah, weird. This, this, feeling. yeah, uh, this, this villain would have whipped. <laughs> yeah, this villain would have whipped if, uh, if it was in Mystic Force because then it would have been way more believable than uh, a world without music is a horrible world to live in. <laughs> They're gonna put music in a camp. <laughs> I just want to say, like, Riley does not, not affected initially. When they pull out the instruments because he doesn't like the trumpet look enough like a trumpet that had I seen it I would have been like oh no a trumpet like also who is such of a child body that if someone is playing an instrument in a public place they have to cover their ears you know definitely depends I on what part it. of New York City you're in for sure <laughs> yeah this is actually awful everyone's character development this episode is awful <laughs> uh i just man they they really do drop the ball here uh the the that whole zombie was great if you're the kind of person that likes shit that makes absolutely no fucking sense riley's never like this like it, it's so out of character for riley um, yeah he, he's not a baby about anything yeah it just it doesn't it, seem right. Yeah, it's odd. Um, also, Coda's not that stupid, but it, as they, the season goes on, they fucking shit on his character too. Yeah, but also Chase gets shit on here too, because there was an obvious opportunity for Chase to not become a zombie because he's got his headphones on, and it's like, oh, let one of Chase's quirky characteristics work out for him. And they just blow that too. Like they're they're not really playing to the character's strength here at, in any way. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. So Coda ends up being the only one left because he has this weird headset to control Warg, and that's protecting him, I guess. Like a headset that your voice commands. Uh, dictate what warg does but also it's like such a proprietary almost sort of like cat girls like ears headset with like rgb lighting which is probably so, the best thing to come from this episode right like why couldn't they merchandise that yeah i have just more issues with the trumpet once again i'm back <laughs> at my issues <laughs> i mean yeah it's it's a pretty <laughs> shitty it's a pretty it's a pretty shitty, like, honestly, if you were, like, if you just met someone, right, and they told you, I hate trumpets as an instrument, I would go, what are you, like, five? Have you ever no, heard no, no, Suavemente no. by Elvis Crispo? Come on. That's not even what I'm on about. Like, what I don't understand is how every time they blew that little sumbitch, it was loud as fuck. But, like, somehow just your hands over your ears was enough that, like, it didn't impact you. Somehow a headset. Yeah, that, that has, shit was. <laughs> somehow a headset that has no audio output or like ear protection at all. <laughs> like how? How sway? Why? Yeah, they're open back headphones. 
Uh, Answer, Sway. I don't appreciate this. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just <laughs> literally, like, really? That's how you defeat the villain of the week? Their technique it's this time? Hands over ears? the volume and frequency of this trumpet what is what is the impact mechanism of the trumpet i was thinking it's like the brown note from the league or something <laughs> <laughs> except it's like the zombie note i guess maybe but again if someone was playing the brown note at the volume that those people were playing the trumpet and you your hands over your ears you would still hear it i'm saying it's a flawed system it's a very flawed system. There is no there is no getting over just how poor this was written. The only explanation I could come up with is that if you can hear some other music, it like cancels out. And that's it. Don't play I music. I highly doubt Coda is hearing music while he has that headset on. That I know, but that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I'm just imagining it as like the effect of when you're working retail and the, the, the same shitty songs play over and over. But if you put in one headphone just loud enough, it kind of cancels out. <laughs> Fair. Wow. If we had all just kept reading the wiki instead of me just being, being a cunt. Frequency hands block out the special frequency and if hands could do it why did they have to develop the special headphones actually now that i read the wiki i'm more mad <laughs> <laughs> i thought that i was being soothed but really it trojan fucking horsed me because when i let it into the city it was just full of more rage damn damn yeah so Last we left off, uh, Chase removed his headphones and turns into a zombie because Chase is an idiot, remember? Coda rushes out of the museum and he's greeted by Tyler. Uh, Shelby and Riley who are about to attack. Oh, wait. So he's greeted by Tyler, Shelby, and Riley who are about to attack him. Yeah, because they're zombies. Yeah. Behind him arrive uh, Chase and Ivan. He takes Ivan's hands and puts them to his ears. He also puts been better if when they played the trumpet, people just started shitting themselves. <laughs> it would have been so much better. Um, and it would I mean, poop jokes are fine. It's a kid's show. Whatever. They already threw it. tomatoes. Like, yeah, my thing about yeah, so this is this, like this already breaks the, the whole thing because Riley putting his hands over his ears didn't stop it. But Ivan putting his hands over his ears does stop it. Does Ivan have Ivan's hands are bigger. Maybe Secret his ear canal is smaller. His business like that. He's from the 1700s. He's built different. No, he's from the 1200s. My bad, 1200s. He's built different. <laughs> Get it right. My bad. <laughs> also, putting back Chase's headphones breaks the spell. And then they do the same to everyone else. Cool. Glad we got that out of the way. Yeah through a whole rigmarole of making those special fucking headphones yeah they morph they attack they get the trumpet back and they escape back at the base uh the those museum monsters or sorry museum monsters those musician uh monsters apologize to arcanon and they beg for a second chance 
They say that the they say that they learned that the Rangers would never attack the zombies. Snide asks Arcanon to do that, and then Arcanon is angry because Heckle has escaped as he banishes Snide. He then orders the duo to broadcast their music throughout the city. So now, like, you're thinking, fuck, right? So Arcanon is this villain that's been hyped up now for about how many episodes? At least eight? Probably more? Plenty. Yeah, Lord Arcanon. Dun, dun, dun. The destroyer of my world. Yeah. The 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 owner of the or the owner the current owner of the dark energem. Like all this built up plot just for Arcanon to launch his final attack this episode. And it and it's just It's so fucking bad too. Whack. <laughs> it's not cool. We gotta try to speed this up. We're just ranting so much. Um <laughs> They make special headphones. They get the rangers back. You know, there's a bunch of monsters. Uh, they break the spell of the music because they destroy, like, an evil vinyl. I guess that's the, the source. I didn't really understand a lot of this. I'm just being real. <laughs> yeah, basically, they try, to, they try to stop the musician... Uh... The musician duo, and of course, you know it always ends with a with a Megazord fight. You know the drill. It's Power Rangers. Uh, however, at this case, uh, Arcanon decides to you know go all out just this once, and uh, kind of eat shit within like less than five minutes of screen time. When he gets his ass beat, uh, he falls into a forest, and this dark energem. Uh, is like scattered out there as he goes to try and reach for it somebody stomps his hand into the ground turns out it's sledge dun 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 yeah. pretty honestly for a villain coming back i don't mind sledge coming back at all yes that's the most acceptable part of the episode probably yeah and then it becomes sort of like an all-out brawl right so like the the uh, the uh, fascists turn on each other, and uh, you have the season two villains versus the season one villains, and uh, Sledge kind of makes it out. Yeah. At this point, you're kind of like, "Fuck, this is kind of pog," but I hate the fact that the Ranger stuff is so shit. It seems like the only person who was like really witness to that like all out clash too was Heckle. Heckle manages to escape and go back out into society. Um. The episode ends after this with everyone accepting Warg and he becomes extremely popular as he is now a fitness expert where he gives aerobic classes this along with so Coda. fucking cringe. This is one of those things where it's like they didn't have to do this and if they hadn't done this, the episode might have been like slightly less horrible but instead they were like no, we're gonna we're whole hogging this. Yeah, we're gonna make sure you hate yourself by the time this is done. Yeah, hate something when this is over. <laughs> yeah, it was like a one last fuck you. It it really felt like that because it it the the villain side was so clutch at the end with sledge which you got to think is american footage because the sledge stuff is not Amer is not a uh, japanese right 
So like that stuff's actually pretty pog, and it's pretty neat that they were able to make it pog on their own. But then they just go, "Nah, fuck you." Remember this shit? <laughs> yeah. Moving on. What's our first best episode? <sighs> um, <laughs> let's get in a better headspace. I have to say one more thing about that episode, which is that I, the final scene of the aerobics class is like a bunch of like mostly white ladies with like random bits of like bizarre furs draped over regular athletic wear for some reason about my personal life like this <laughs> a fur coat over athleisure like that's appropriate it's super appropriate super good <laughs> i just all the male uh... rangers were wearing caveman like outfits too uh, um yeah so that's that was horrible uh really bad um but we did watch some episodes that were good first off we have home run coda which we chose as one of our best this one is actually like this was like one of our our our, our most interesting picks for a best episode because this this is not strictly the best episode in terms of how we would necessarily rate it out of 10. Like, there are some episodes that might score higher that we considered, but this one just felt essential. <laughs> yeah. We shit on Coda quite a bit uh, these, these past couple episodes, and it's not... <laughs> Listen, we do like Coda, right? Especially Dino Charge Coda. We really like Dino Charge Coda. Um, but Coda always speaks in half sentences and it sucks all the time. He doesn't develop his, uh, his English at all. He doesn't really, um, develop his speaking patterns at all. Uh, it's mostly just, he says what he says and everybody else has to sort of interpret him. Um, so this kind of highlights, highlights that pretty well, in my opinion. Uh, to me, this is like an 8 out of 10 episode. I know this is kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but like, this was like an 8 out of 10 episode, but it was also like, man, this is kind of like one of my favorite episodes of, of the Dino Charge cast. It yeah. just starts off kind of shaky, you know? It, it's, it's not perfectly polished, but it's so interesting. It's so enjoyable. You have to just kind of give it the credit for being such a fun, bizarre, quirky, weird, in a good way. In all the ways that Warg World tried to be quirky and failed, this episode tries to be quirky and succeeds. And the whole is a little greater than the sum of its parts. The Rangers are just like doing sports in a field. This is pretty normal Ranger stuff. And especially they're kind of showing things to Coda like, hey, Coda, check out all these different sports that you could be into. You know, you're real athletic. And uh, Coda is like, eh, sports are okay. I don't know. You know, none of this is, is that cool. But, you know, whatever. It's okay, I guess. Coda's not really a competitive guy. Yeah, he's more interested in, like, hunting an animal than, like, competing with you. He just doesn't have the same priorities. Coda is just like, like, he's like, sure, but why? <laughs> thinking why he's just like no yeah i mean I, 
maybe the, it's just because he hasn't lived with capitalism like that, you know? I think the funniest especially is when they try to like show him golf and he's really just like, but why? And and honestly, I'm like, yeah, you know, honestly, why? Why is golf a thing? You're right, Coda. It's a yeah. Good, <clears throat> it's a good take from Coda. Um, golf is bad. Uh, so, golf sucks. Uh, also, nearby where the Rangers are doing this, there's like a semi-professional baseball team practicing. And then uh, a monster shows up. His name is Game Face. Can you guess what Game Face's theme is? He's a sports monster. <laughs> I feel like straight out of MMPR, this villain is pretty sick. For like just the reason that like it the episode doesn't go where you think it's gonna go. And the villain it's the villain himself also has like a part to play that is just like, ooh, I'm the wacky sports monster. It's like they actually decided to give the villains pretty nice dialogue in terms of like, oh, how can I use my powers in such a way to defeat the Rangers, right? Like we normally don't see that a lot. It's normally just like, hey, uh, let's try this villain this week. Yeah. Yeah, so the Rangers are just like, listen, I, we can take this guy. We don't need to transform. He looks like a chump. And they do kind of just beat him up. And especially, I mean, you know, they don't want to they don't want to turn into Rangers with so many people around. Game Face leaves behind a magic bat when he goes. And we don't know exactly what the nature of this magic bat is. And actually, there's still some mystery about that even at the end of the episode. Uh, which which I kind of liked. <laughs> Power Rangers doesn't usually usually be a little coy like that, but it it was fun here. Uh, Game Face leaves behind a magic bat. The coach of the baseball team, Ted, comes over to introduce himself to the Rangers. He's particularly impressed with Coda because the monsters like threw a bunch of baseballs at Coda at one point, and he just took the bat and just like Jedi lightsaber knocked them all away. Like he just, you know, it. This gave me such Power Rangers Samurai vibes. You have no idea. I was like, wait, is this filler? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it was a little goofy like that. Um, so at this point, like, Game Face does feel <laughs> like it should, like, should be filler, but no. It, yeah, at first this episode really feels like it should kind of just be a filler episode. Um, like, there's a lot of episodes that start kind of like this in the Power Rangers. Um, and uh, you just, you watch it a little bit of it and you realize, okay, it's probably going to be filler and it often is. This one, though, starts to get more interesting because Ted, again, comes over to Coda and he wants Coda to play on this semi-professional baseball team. And Riley's like, oh, shit, you have to do it, dog. That would be so cool. Coda's like, okay, I guess. I mean, it seems kind of cool. And Riley's like, no, you don't understand. It would be, it would be based. It would be like, you can't believe. It would be the coolest thing you've ever done. <laughs> so Coda gives in and is like, uh, okay. Like Riley was being such a little turd this whole I was, time. Yeah, it was like. Coda character development at the cost of Riley being a dickhead for one episode. 
but also it also grows. So even yeah. being a dickhead, like I'm not even gonna gonna make it malicious like that. He was just being a fucking dildo. Like, why? Honestly, Kennedy was recapping it, and I'm like, Kennedy, one day this could be Kennedy. Like, Kennedy could wake up one <laughs> one day and choose <laughs> chaos like this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Riley just chooses chaos sometimes. Clearly. I don't know. I can relate to that a little bit. (laughs) Like, just being absolutely messy for the sake of being absolutely messy. So, uh, Coda starts playing baseball, and uh, he just hits home runs like crazy. But he's not that enthused with the experience. Um, and even at like the press conferences and stuff, like Riley is like taking control of everything. The press conference scene is funny as hell, though. Ri- Riley is just like, "Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Coda's uh, personal trainer and manager, and basically, if you have a question, you ask me." And just is is just like, he's just so blatantly vicariously living through Coda. Yeah, Coda's one line zingers are pretty awesome at the press conference. Yeah. What was, was it? Gonna... Mom always said that I <laughs> it was like I was born with the club in my hand or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's a funny scene. Uh that's when I started to be like, mm, maybe there's more going on in this episode. <laughs> yeah, th- that's what I was like actually I'm hoping that this is canon. <laughs> And, uh, so then as, as, uh, you know, Coda starts to, like, win more games, then Riley starts to take the training more seriously, and soon they're starting to, like, kind of blow off Ranger duty to some extent, and the other Rangers are like, I mean, this is okay, I guess. It's kind of like when you're in a band, and someone doesn't show up, and it's like, I guess we can kind of practice without it's you like, to be fair to be fair <laughs> riley is all like don't guys there's like seven of us now eight of us now come on it feels Y'all like a take really care full of house i feel like they could have worked in shifts like these motherfuckers they're old so they're very some of them are old you gotta work in shifts I, I, riley that as toxic as riley is being he does kind of make a point that this is a huge cast this season. There ain't no reason why there should be ten rangers we got on the screen. We got by for most of the first season with just five rangers. There's like ten of us now. Come on. <laughs> some of us can work. Why can't we live out our dreams in our free time? Jeez. Jeez. Why can't we force other people to live out our dreams in our free time? <laughs> exactly. That's. That's beautiful. That's a that's so American. American <laughs> dream. Coda keeps just kind of getting more and more dejected with the experience of being used as a tool for Riley's amusement. <laughs> Honestly, this episode just only adding more evidence to the Riley is super gay pile when you really think about it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. No, no, it's interesting. Talk about, um, I will say, talk about the most uh, consistently portrayed as gay on screen character. Like, I feel like the writers really leaned in, especially this season. 
Yeah. Like, do you feel like that there was like an agreement between like the actor for Riley and the writers? Because I don't think that was discussed in the Twitter thread. It was just like, yeah, no, I purposefully acted gay as fuck for that <laughs> while on screen. I don't know if there was an agreement between Riley and the writers, but the writers had to have agreed on this at some point because a lot of times with the Power Rangers. In previous seasons, they've loved to do that. Maybe this character is gay, but then maybe they're not. So you have like a lot of like messy bisexual Power Rangers in effect, because <laughs> they, they seem to be gay, but then there'll be an episode where they're like trying to go on a straight date for some reason, and it usually doesn't work out. So you know, what does that tell you? I mean, it's it's all it's honestly always a joy. Riley, for the most part, I think there's maybe like one other episode where Riley acts like an asshole. But it's possible also that that was a filler episode too. Either way, I think in general, Riley typically hits it out of the park with his performances. Green <laughs> <laughs> button. <laughs> we don't have a, we don't have the green button over here. <laughs> the green button is in my heart right now. <laughs> <laughs> Things start to kind of come to a head with the are you a ranger or are you are you a baseball guy situation when uh, things like there's like actual like serious attacks going on and uh, the rangers are like, yo, we need you. And Riley's like, nope, Coda has still got to play in the game. It's the semifinals. This is important. But this is where Riley was really being a dildo because like Riley. You could have gone. He didn't need to be there for Coda to play. Like, even if the argument was Coda still needs to play, he could have gone. Go to work. Yeah, I agree with yeah. this take, honestly. Like, <laughs> Riley, what are you doing? You're being hella toxic. Yeah. Um, and you can well, tell also, the Rangers are kind of disappointed in him. Like, well, Kendall made a freaking weapon. Uh, Kendall made the Dino Victory Charge weapon or whatever, and it requires all five of the original uh, Rangers. So it's just like, yeah, we need both of you for this. And Coda, who's the one that's hitting the home runs in the first place, is like, yeah, let's go. And Riley's the one that's like, nah, nah, nah. You, you need to go train, Coda. Come on, let's go. Riley's a no, dildo. You need, me, you need me to direct you on this, or else you don't know how to train. Yeah. Um, cool. Also, maybe this is why they don't let people have a second season. Because in the second season, those motherfuckers don't want to do shit. Part <laughs> <laughs> of it every week. It is something fucking else. It doesn't stop. Let me out. <laughs> Riley, come on the pod. Riley was a kid out there watching this and your dream is to be a power ranger i want to tell you you're wrong <laughs> yeah our dreams were to be a power ranger and now we're just podcasters power rangers though so there's that true uh so apparently game face didn't mean to drop his magic bat and maybe it's not just that coda is so athletic maybe the magic bat is doing some of the work and Gameface is frustrated when he realizes he doesn't have his magic bat. So Gameface starts to, like, really up his game. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> the Rangers are having to deal with all this shit. It's kind of a weird moment because uh, Gameface is like, yeah, no, 
my magic bat was also infused with an explosive that will go off. Magic bat was doing a lot. So it has explosive power, but it itself is an explosive as well. So, like, Which, why would you be bashing a bomb off so many fucking things? I don't. The, again, this episode <laughs> is not a 10. <laughs> it's just a really enjoyable episode. Yeah. Um, uh, I just can't help myself. No, it's fine. It's fine. I'm a Virgo. I'm toxic in my own ways. Sorry, Riley. I didn't know you were a Virgo. That's why we get along. We're Earth signs. Okay. I'm just a little, little crab. Riley and Coda kind of have this moment as they like get to the baseball stadium, where Coda's like, "I don't think I can. I don't think I could go through with this game, knowing that like there's an attack going on, and that like the other Rangers probably need our help." Riley's like, "No, come on. We have to do it. It'll be fine." And Coda's like, "No, I, I the." This has got to come first. Like, Ranger stuff has to come first at some point. And Riley has a realization and is like, fuck, you know what? You're right. And explains why he's been being so toxic, which is that basically he was jealous. Like, he's always dreamed of doing something like this. Um, and, uh, you know, getting to live vicariously through Coda's success was just sort of blinding him to anything else they're like all right yeah fuck it we're out of here we're rangers and they take off and it's really wholesome yeah honestly kind of made up for riley's performance this episode or riley's uh, attitude this episode <laughs> like i think it completely made up for it honestly the fact that we got this level of context which is something that we normally never see from power rangers writers i'm gonna be honest with you just keeping it real <laughs> it's like if a ranger acts toxic for a day their comeuppance is never just like, oh, well, this is the reason why I was acting toxic. It's like, oh, you know what? I should stop being toxic. Right? It's never it, like attacking the core of it, just the current, the current stress. There. So the fact that they were like, oh, well, hey, actually, it's because I wanted to be a star baseball player one day and I never got to live out this dream. And now I can live vicariously through you, Coda. This is fucking sick. But I understand that, hey, being a ranger also means that I have to protect the world and not just be so self-centered. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, this... You know what? It was self-centered because Riley was like, world gets fucked up, you know more baseball. <laughs> <laughs> um, he and, saved and the world to save baseball because he loves it. I'm not going to lie, baseball, like, it has to be, like, a generational love if you're, if you're an American. Because I just don't understand it. There's too many fucking innings. Cut the innings in half. Yeah, I went to a, a baseball game, like, a professional baseball game one time in real life. And I left before it was over. Because I was just like, I've been here for two and a half hours. And I'm done. I don't care what else happens. I've, I'm no longer entertained by this. Yeah, instead of nine innings, it's five. Do that. Uh, Do that. There, baseball is saved. The only time that baseball was actually okay was uh, Yankees versus Red Sox, and that's because people were beating the shit out of each other in the stands. Yeah. That was, 
Great times, great times. <laughs> that baseball was good was when baseball people were acting like hockey people. Great. Yes, and hockey is so pog. Like, honestly, one of the best sports to watch live. Holy shit. It's like watching a gladiator match. It's so good. <laughs> you really feel the blood rush of the crowd. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Got people falling over the stands wishing for the enemy team's death. It's hilarious. <laughs> one thing to draw a little attention to is that there's a big old, like, they they make a bunch of monsters big, and then they get a bunch of Zords out, and there's a big old brawl. That's kind of fun. Yeah, the Zord fight's actually good this episode, too, which is, like, unheard of for this season. Yeah, it was, it was pretty enjoyable. And, um, yeah, basically, um, there's a little question at the end of, like I said, whether or not Coda was able to hit those home runs without the bat. And so Coda kind of wanted to know. So he plays one more game with the Earthquakes. And uh, without that magic bat, he does miss his first two swings. But his third swing, he does it Coda style. He takes his shoes off. You know. Yeah, I didn't understand <laughs> that. Like, why would you, as an owner of the team that can play in a league where you're allowed to run barefoot so long as you accept the, the physical risk? Why would you want to make your team, your your new star player, be uncomfortable? That was Riley's dumb decision. You're right, actually. Because yeah. they were interviewing at the press conference, right? And they were like, hey. Originally, he was we heard that you, yeah, yeah, we heard that you play barefoot. And then later, Riley's like, hey, you got to start wearing shoes like the pros do, yo. Yeah, Ooh. damn. Riley was really toxic. This Really episode. toxic. <laughs> yeah uh he does it coda style and uh that whole caveman stance i'm all for using goofy stances in in uh professional sports whatever makes you the most comfortable as long as you can play who cares yeah whatever this is like you know this is like the steroids thing the mark mcguire sammy sosa thing of yesteryear except with bombs <laughs> Can they still play without uh, their magic bats? And well, uh, uh, the answer is yes. Coda hits that third swing. He knocks it out of the park. A home run. He didn't need the magic bat. Nope. Um, and uh, he's happy, and Riley's happy, and it all. Everybody lifts happy. him up. He's the hero for the day. Yep. He's the local hero. Yeah. It's such a, like, this was such a heartwarming episode for Coda. Honestly, he needed it so bad. Like, I was just like, listen, this episode might not be a 10, but it's so, like, it's an, it's so necessary, right? It's like a must watch. If you're going to watch Dino Charge, you should probably watch this episode. Yeah. And even though Riley's part felt a little more arbitrary, the resolution was so good that it was kind of like, yeah, that works. Yeah. The next episode, this one is, uh, this one's a love episode. We don't get into a lot of these anymore. Love episode. Love episode? I loved it. Yeah, Power Rangers used to do this all the time, but has shied away from it more recently. So this yeah, is fun. 
fun. This felt like, in the same way that Warg World kind of felt like an older episode in a bad way, this felt like an older episode in a good way. Yeah, this one is called Love at First Fight, and I actually had a hard time picking the second favorite, not because there wasn't, like, other contenders, because there was, but there was also, like, a couple of, like, uh, contenders where love is the main topic, and this one in particular, I felt, was just, mwah, chef's kiss, because they featured everything you love about the Power Rangers, right? They feature messy love subplot, right? So you had like the, like kind of like the Kimberly and the uh, Tommy love relationship. You had the weird, goofy mechanics of just like, oh, well, you have the body switching stuff that we always get sometimes, you know? Uh, you've got the, it just sort of seems like the switch the, plot. Yeah, it just sort of seems like the the writers were kind of going for, a very 90s style plot while also being like funny about it. And in such a fun way, you know? It's a 90s vibe. Super 90s vibe. I love it. In this episode, we have Beauty Cruel, a beauty themed monster who inspires Heckle to think of, you know, new ways that he might get at the Rangers. This is a, a, a long running Power Rangers theme, of course. The villain you know, throws some direct attacks at the Power Rangers. Those don't work so well. But then at some point, the villain will be like, hey, these are teenagers. What if I just, like, fuck them up emotionally? <laughs> I mean, what better time than when they're teenagers, right? Like, that's already such an emotional shit show. Why not double down? Go for it. And listen, the Power Rangers get, like, superpowers that help them fight. They don't get superpowers that make them better at talking about their feelings, okay? Yeah. And I love the fact that this uh, monster of the week is just a sort of dressed up Vivix. Poissandra is the one that uh, gives this uh, beauty cruel monster a uh, sort of makeup brush with a palette. And uh, you can use the palette to switch bodies with another person. Either you and someone else, or someone else and another person. Uh, realistically, it all works the same. And in this case, um, Beauty Cruel, the Vivix itself, uh, she was like in love with one of them. Oh, was bothering Curio. Oh, it's Curio. Yeah. Yeah. So she was bothering Curio, and Curio was like, Get off of me. Why are you following me around and everything? And Poissandra was like, She's in love with you. And then wanted to dress her up to make her look more appealing to Curio, and that sort of backfired. Uh, but they got the, the brilliant idea of using this magic palette to uh, go down to, well, they're already on Earth, to go to the Rangers and switch the Rangers' bodies because then they won't know what to do. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, honestly, solid plot. Except... Here's the weird part. Beauty Cruel falls in love with Chase. Dun, dun, and, dun. and at this point in the season, Chase has a girlfriend. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about this more in the season review, but actually Chase has a, a very good episode where he kind of blows it with this girl to some extent. 
And then she falls in love with the Black Power Ranger, which is Chase. And he tries to, like, kind of use that to his advantage in some way. And it turns into a slight bit of a mess, but then he realizes, like, he needs to, like, you know, be a better person in his regular life and not try to use, like, his superstar status to, like, woo her necessarily or something like that. I love uh, how the Power Rangers can arrive at these, like, deep revelations in 22 minutes of screen time when, like, and even therapy and they can't get there that's the real that's the real superpower shit yeah sometimes all you need is a really good moral lesson of the week yeah yeah and oh uh chase is like making this thing for his girlfriend when we uh oh yeah <laughs> there's, an amazing should... scene. there's an amazing scene where a rocket ship is clearly meant to represent a penis i'm just i'm going yeah there. that was <laughs> So Chase's relationship with Kaylee, like, he's a ranger, right? So sometimes he has to bail out on her on a date or whatever the case may be. And he always has to make up some weird-ass fucking excuse for it. But in this case, uh, Chase was building a model rocket ship for his girlfriend. She loves space. Yeah, what was... Yeah, she's she's a space girl. And she says... What's his line? I don't remember. Like, I'd go to the stars for you or something like uh, that. Oh, I'd fly to the moon for you. I'd fly to the moon for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incredible, like, American propaganda, too, because it has the American flag on it. You know this shit is filmed in New Zealand? Come on. So funny. I never get tired of some of that. So, yeah. So, he built a rocket ship. Again, like some of the other guys come around and there's like some playing with rocket ships and getting glue on themselves and stuff. <laughs> Who do you think gets glue on themselves? Coda. Coda's never uh, jerked, uh, seen a rocket before. <laughs> Just do Coda dirty like that. I don't know. I don't know why they do Coda like this. Is this model rocket ship, like, innuendo? Like, is this supposed to be, like, an innuendo of a sex scene or something? There's something going on here. But it's, like, Power Rangers has this problem sometimes where they want to do innuendo and then they chicken out somewhat. Like, you could tell they wrote, like, a raunchier version of the scene and then someone was like, nah, mm -mm, you gotta gotta tone this down. And then they they tone it down, but it loses, like, its meaning, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) This kind of felt like that. Yeah. That's that's my interpretation. Chase goes on his date, but of course he gets called away to be a ranger. Um, the rangers go off. They get in a fight. There at the scene, uh, Beauty Cruel shows up with Poissandra, Wrench, and a bunch of Vivix. Uh, the rangers morph, but the Vivix overpower them when Beauty Cruel uses Poissandra's magic makeup. Two spike balls also arrive at the scene. Wrench, Poissandra, and Beauty Cruel bail tyler and chase go after them while the rest handle the vivix with the spike balls they're basically able to hold off the rangers pretty well because the rangers don't know what the fuck they're doing um poissandra uses her uh makeup to make beauty cruel look like this beautiful girl that was just walking down the street and then the beautiful girl looks like beauty cruel and then they throw the girl 
who looks like Butacruel now into a dumpster and lock her in the dumpster. Pretty fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious scene. Did not expect it to go down like that. Yeah, this this gets so much more extreme than you're expecting to some extent. Like, I don't know. I just, I didn't see it going there. I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting that. Now, Beauty Cruel is this beautiful girl, and uh, she pretends to be in trouble, and Tyler kind of saves her a little bit. And to be Tyler clear, can... she is dubbed over by the original voice actor for the Beauty Cruel monster. <laughs> so, like, all of her lines, so, like, all of the actress's lines are, like, over, like, over-expressive. It's so... But it's so hilarious because she sounds like a Long Islander. So uncomfortable because you're looking at that girl and you're like there's no way that voice is coming out of that girl obviously <laughs> this one was just hilarious to me once once they got into like the whole okay we're gonna dub over the episode that's when i knew this had to be in my my best yeah this this is just getting wild at this point um so uh tyler saves beauty cruel uh and yeah, he's he's smitten because of her magic. Yeah, Tyler goes hard in the paint. Tyler does this incredible line. Incredible line. He's out on a date with Beauty Cruel. Uh, and uh, Tyler's like, I love the way you drool. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> That was the opener to the scene. Rich. Dudes are down bad. <laughs> he, he's down. He was like, I'm going to make a Twitter account about my spit kink because I love the way this girl drools. <laughs> he takes like 700 pictures of her drooling in different situations. And that's the whole account. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, also, um, Shelby is, like, pissed off because Tyler is, like, going on a date with somebody else and being a huge dick. I'm not gonna lie, when he said the I love the way you drool line, it was so sexually charged. I was like, what the fuck? And then Shelby immediately cut to Shelby's jealousy. I'm like, yeah, dog. Like, this is going hard in the paint here. Shelby's like standing there, like, we've been dating for six months, and you still have not taken my bra off. <laughs> and you, you're telling this girl you're gonna you're gonna complimented my spit. You haven't <laughs> complimented my saliva. <laughs> they kind of flip flop between the whole like, yes, they've had sex. And no, they have not had sex yet. They don't yeah. know what to do with uh, Tyler and Shelby's relationship at certain points. What happened over the course of the summer? Yeah, right. as they give each other certain looks and stuff. And then writers, immediately go to this. The writers were like, people are living in bodies that would imply they're of sexual age. But like, so we're going to incorporate sexuality but like just bit nebulous as fuck are oh, people no, fucking they're... 
they're explicitly of sexual age. Yes. In the first no, 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 season, no, no. I'm saying no, no, no. In the first season, they go, they go, yeah, uh, you're bonded to the dino, the dino gems now, and she and Shelby goes. So that means I'm forever eighteen. And they're like, yes. <laughs> they really needed you to know. Yes, they really you needed know. you to know that it was A-OK to sexualize them. I love that for everyone. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad they do that. But they went to the trouble of being like, 18 but we're still just gonna use like a rocket ship and job suggestion <laughs> wide rocket ship hand job and a maybe summer fuck <laughs> yeah what happened that summer <laughs> <laughs> she took a two week vacation before going to business school you know what happened that summer <laughs> Maybe Tyler is like, you know, one of those I consent, I consent, but Jesus doesn't types, though. The guy who goes, I'm a, it's about to get wild? I don't know. He gives off a vibe sometimes. Like, he might have a Bible somewhere in that backpack. I do think he's a little bit more pure in, in a sense of, like, he has that childlike sense of wonder whenever he's, like, asked to do something on screen. He just gives off virgin vibes, okay? Can we just say it? Tyler feels like a virgin, okay? Yeah. He's like a hot virgin, all right? It happens. People think it doesn't happen. It happens every day. This episode kind of confirms it. He's a hot virgin, but I do think, like, I can't fully ship that, but if he have sex, she initiated it for sure. Yes. I think that that's probably more likely as to what happened over the summer. Oh, and now it's one of those things where she's like, hee hee, want to do that again? Text. And he's like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All gen shy. <laughs> yeah. In this case, they switch bodies too, right? As we get later on into the episode. Or wait, was that a different one? That was a different one. They don't switch bodies. I'm confused, but I'm not that confused. There's another body switching episode, and it's yeah. very specific as to why that episode is different versus this episode. <laughs> and it's because it's beauty cruel switching bodies with someone else, not the Rangers themselves necessarily getting switched. Um. Now, Shelby, to her credit, is like, okay, something's up with Tyler. Like, we know each other pretty well. Uh, gotta go. My friend's fish is sick. <laughs> yeah, sh Kaylee doesn't buy this. <laughs> She's like, you're cheating on me and you just don't want to say anything. <laughs> people, none of these people are good at, at not being suspicious. Like, for as much they have to do shit on the sly none of them are very sly no and that's actually a plot point that we'll get into in the season review <laughs> they yeah. fail at being uh, inconspicu inconspicuous a large amount of the time the only person who really gets away with it is Kendall 
Which surprise, surprise, the girl boss ranger is the one that that gets away with it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically, Shelby's like Tyler's acting weird. Something must be up. Um, the Rangers start to snoop around and try to figure out what's going on, and they find Brittany is the name of the girl uh, who is now in Beauty Cruel's body. They find her in the dumpster. <clears throat> they figure out what's going on, and they basically start to come up with this scheme because Beauty Cruel is just seducing Tyler because she's supposed to, but she's actually hot for Chase. The Rangers come up with this scheme to uh, have Chase Sweet talk beauty cruel into switching back into her uh, regular body. And Chase has to devise a way, like a set of compliments, to trying to get her to switch back. And the lack of slyness as he reads them. And like as he looks at that picture and like makes them up as he goes. And just remember a few. Was this pure improv, or do you think that this was written out? I think he was looking at the picture and saying things that he saw, but, like, I'm supposed to believe he came up with this whole plot, but then, like, can't remember, like, four compliments? Yeah. I'm Chase kind of switches, Chase kind of switches back and forth between being, uh, the hot boy airhead to, uh, being just a charming, charismatic... Well thought out, dude. He, yeah. has two, he has two modes, really. This, though, leads to some issues because Kaylee sees Chase doing this stuff with um, Beauty Cruel and, of course, still in, who is still in Britney's body at this point, so it just looks like he's on a date with some other girl. He uh, shows off his model spaceship again and does yeah. the same pickup line. Yeah, Chase, the, Chase's problem here is, like, he's just not clever enough to come up with another good line. So he's just like, I just gotta use the one that I got. It works, though! But Kaylee sees this, she gets upset, and Chase realizes this is happening, but he can't do anything about it, and he's upset. Um, but he does succeed. Uh, Beauty Cruel swaps bodies back. Um, and then the rangers immediately morph and are like, prepare to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're so fucking overpowered this season. Like, it's, a lot of it's... the monsters, it's not just that they're overpowered. Like, these are not necessarily the strongest rangers we've ever seen, but the monsters that they're fighting are like D tier, like scrub lord monsters. Umpteen 11d7 yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah, there's so many monsters in a lot of these episodes because it's just like they can kill one monster in like four seconds, so they gotta fight like 25 monsters. Yeah, but there's also like 25 rangers, so it's fine. <laughs> like a one-to-one -one ratio per episode. Sometimes the rangers are outnumbering the monsters. Yeah, it's always a slaughter fest at that point. <laughs> At that point, the rangers are just, like, throwing each other, like, over the monster like it's a circus act, you know? <laughs> yeah. They're just playing monkey in the middle. <laughs> yeah. It really does detract from the Zord fights, to be honest. But in this case, it's always good fun just because, like, the villains will sometimes, especially in this episode, but in another episode, too, where it feels like the power levels are kind of off, 
uh, the villains will throw in some humor during the Zord fight. Yeah, the villains will kind of make it clear that like they can't win, and they'll just be like, "Well, we're we're gonna laugh it up then." <laughs> <laughs> the Rangers fight Beauty Cruel. She gets big. Everybody else leaves. The other monsters leave. They destroy Beauty Cruel. It's a little messed up when you think about it, kind of. But whatever, we'll just move on. To be loved, okay? That was it. She just wanted to be loved. Yeah. Yeah, that was. It was very unfortunate. Tragic love story. But uh, you might recall me uh, mentioning the episode where uh, Chase kind of has this messy start with his relationship with Kaylee. Uh, and uh, yeah, so Kaylee, she's wondering what Chase is up to. So she follows him enough to see that he is the Black Ranger. Well, of course, this makes sense of all kinds of things. She does so- her best like Mary Jane Watson impression right from like spider-man <laughs> go get him tiger <laughs> yeah it's actually very sweet i actually love their relationship on screen because it's it feels so genuine and authentic something we haven't really seen in power rangers in a while right like we talked about gia in the previous uh power rangers uh series and how like it moved at such a snail pace despite being so hot originally right Mm-hmm. And then we get, you know, this one where it's so forward. We haven't really seen a relationship styled like this since MMPR. And this was with someone who's not a ranger either. Like, this character that he's dating doesn't become a ranger and therefore doesn't have the same sort of uh, life experience. Right. Um, and it's cool that they went there with that. Um, and, yeah, the final scene is very sweet. Like, Kaylee just reveals that, hey, I know, I know now what the deal is i understand yeah it's just cute wholesome what's not to like yeah this was one of those episodes that's just a lot of fun to watch i know it sounds kind of basic when we recap it but there's a lot of laughs to be had with this one chase in particular i think was great this episode but uh the villains this this particular week was great beauty cruel i really didn't think that they would ever use like a minion and just redo up the minion to look kind of crazy looking as like a villain of the week. Like that was so interesting to me. I think that's what got me hooked originally that it they was did a that. Funny thing. Yeah, it was it was different. I, I enjoyed that. Um that was there, there's just a lot of little things in this episode that definitely add up. Like on some levels, yes, it sounds like a they went with a classic, they went with a, a simple classic plot with the Power Rangers with a twist, and that was good. When they try to do too much out of their own, you end up in fuck world. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. War, war world is not a place you want to be in. I agree. You know, a lot of the best episodes from like In Space, for instance, were literally just them blatantly ripping off popular sci-fi movies for 22 minutes and that worked i would also like to point out um because i know our power rangers roar uh dino thunder episode gets quite a lot of play but i would like to contrast this with the dino thunder episode which i think was in our weirdest episodes where they kind of just like threw up their hands 
and was just like, we don't know what the fuck to do with this episode. Uh, look at this fucking Sentai footage, y'all. As the the actors on screen points at a television screen and goes, damn, isn't that crazy? This show's Super Sentai. Those Japanese folk, they sure are pretty crazy. And it's like an episode about a hair monster giving them weird hair. And it's like, at least in this one, they tried something with it and it succeeded. Because it was just so, they had so much fun with it, you know? Versus just going, puh, and getting all, you know, negative about it. All around. Fun concept, fun execution. Yeah, I agree. Um, Let's go ahead and uh, rate them out of 10. Uh, Ken... Yeah, I was going to say, I've been going first a lot lately. Go ahead, yeah, Kennedy. I figured it's my turn. <laughs> um, I'll start with, uh, what's the name of episode seven? Uh, Home Run Coda. <laughs> Home Run Coda. Yeah, so Home Run Coda, great episode, but not perfect. Um, I think that, you know, we kind of touched on, like, it starts kind of rough. Uh, it starts a little bit just feeling like almost like filler. I don't know. It just, it's just a little bit awkward at first. It's not quite... Firing on all cylinders? Yeah. And, and and even throughout, like, one of the major flaws that doesn't go away, even as the episode gets a lot better overall, is that Riley's motivation is only half explained. The plot resolves well, so, like, you kind of forgive it. But, like, it feels a little like this comes out of left field. Like, they just sort of needed someone to be an asshole, and they just picked Riley at random. It, it just felt like it could have been, like, a little bit more justified in that regard. But, truly, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And I think this isn't going to shock anyone who's been paying attention. This is an 8. Uh, I'm in agreement with what Grab said earlier. This is an 8 out of 10 episode. It's a nice, solid episode. Enjoyable, watchable. Uh, but it's, you know falls a little bit shy of perfect um i think um love at first fight that's i'm kind of wavering on if that's like a 9.5 or a 10 a little bit still like it's really good it's almost perfect but it does still have like that slightly clunky first like three to five minutes that like i don't know a lot of this season seems to have that for some reason like the writers this this uh, this time around they weren't quite as good at writing that first that first moment that first interaction or whatever uh, at times and so I think this does suffer from that a tiny bit so I'm kind of wavering on where exactly I want to put it but uh, I am gonna fall on the nine point five just because one thing we didn't address is like the Silver Ranger stuff which is not that cool I didn't think that that plot really was impressive overall throughout the course of the season and it definitely like it's just like an annoying little thing that happens in this episode that like if it left it out i would forgive the other flaws but and it's not even like it's a huge flaw but it's just like knowing that the silver ranger plot is dissatisfying in some respects i don't know it does color my perception of it a little i can Um, understand that uh, and then Warg World, that's like a one. A couple of times I found it kind of amusing, which I can't say about some episodes I've hated, but it's, it's actually like, it's just a zero. I'm just going to go with a zero. I'm not going to drive it down into negative territory, but it's a zero. I, that was the only amusement I could get out of it was purely cynical. <laughs> that's all I can say. 
I agree. Um, I'm going to go same scores, same reasons. Uh, my only thing I'm going to say about uh, Warg World is that I almost gave it a negative one and potentially even a negative two uh, just because of uh, Sledge. Sledge, I think, coming back is like a pivotal turn for the season. And I think it was a good turn. And that stuff was actually pretty pog. But honestly, everything else was fucking terrible and very hard to watch. So, zero. Didi, what did you think about the episodes? Ooh, well, loved Love It first fight. Had a great time with that. I just thought all of it was delightful. I would give it a 9.5. Early on, my own enjoyment. Not in, not, my metric is like, did I have fun? Would I watch it? That's pretty much it for me. Um, I would give that a 9.5. Home run, that is 7. I would like to support your 8 because you guys know more about this than I do. But, and because... A 7 is a totally fair score for that. Yeah, especially since you don't know the context of CODA, right? Yeah. Also, I'm not really a sports guy, so, you know, uh sports theme wasn't it for me like if it was my baby's birthday party i would have picked something else so uh and then warg world i'm actually gonna give warg world a one and it was very bad it was very bad but again because i don't have the depth and it's not existing in like the variety of context then it just seem maybe as bad like it's bad but i'll give it a one there were parts of it i liked i'm not gonna i'm gonna say there was nothing i liked about any of it there were parts of it that i was like that's funny that's a little funny i'm giving it a one because i like the tomato throw that's it i'm just gonna admit it okay fair enough fair enough uh <laughs> i don't know i just yeah, I guess you're right. You know, like when you when you've come to the expectation of watching the show for 17 episodes straight and it being for the most part pretty great and then uh you just get hit with this all of a sudden it just it really sends you. Didi, before we uh get into the plugs or anything, um would you be willing to watch more Power Rangers after all of this? Like I ever didn't want to watch Power Rangers. It's more just like I got a lot of shit. I have mad fucking jobs, you know? Can't always, can't, not a lot of time. Not a lot of time to keep up with the Rangers, especially when there's more Rangers than there are Weasley children. <laughs> I would watch more, for sure. Hell yeah. To not well, watch them. I just didn't. What did you, uh, what did you want to plug today? Like I said at the beginning, if you think I'm funny or about other stuff, I am on a podcast called Worst Week Yet. Don't look for me. I'm not up to anything good. You'll just make yourself like probably an accessory to at the very least a misdemeanor. So don't look for me. That's it. <laughs> Kennedy, was there any last words you wanted to say before we head out? Power Rangers, Lightspeed Rescue. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see you guys next time on the Sentai Truther Club. Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, Please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them 
And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast, and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.